Hello and welcome along to the podcast Sport and Life. Teddy Draper here. We'll get to the show in just a moment, but quickly a word for our sponsors. Big thank you to our chief sponsors, Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham, who are specialists in home entertainment systems, world-class home entertainment systems, and pride themselves on top draw home installations and customer service. Get in touch with Jason Briggs and his fine team through Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham. Search for Serene AV online to get Jason's number. Now, are you looking to optimize your immunity, particularly as we uh, dive into those gloomy months of winter here in the UK? Perhaps some vitamin D3 might be in order. Vitamin, you may call it, wherever you're listening to uh, the podcast from. But please say the podcast has an association with Cytoplan, food-based supplement company that gets you 30% off your first purchase, 10% ongoing with the discount code DRAPER10R. My last name, D-R-A-P-E-R, all capital letters, the numbers one zero and the capital letter R. That's at cytoplan.co.uk. On the subject of health and fitness, I am a sports broadcaster, predominantly for Sky Sports in the UK, but also qualified sports scientist and personal trainer and looking to work in 2024 with a handful of select busy men between the age of 30 and 55, perhaps not having enough time to go to those gym for the thrice weekly two-hour sessions. It's something that would be an interest to you if you want a steer in the right direction towards your health and fitness with the home workouts, nutrition tips, lifestyle hacks, things around daylight, sleep, little tidbits that I've gleaned on the way, particularly working shifts over the past 20 years and juggling that with being a dad as well. So find out more about that at drapermedia.co.uk or get in touch. Hello at drapermedia.co.uk. Now on with the show. Morning, Tom. Good to see you on the screen after seeing you on Sky Sports News a few hours ago this morning. Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. <laughs> a mad dash home to to make sure I'm uh, ready for this. But I've in, I've enjoyed thinking about this five-a-side team, and it's um, I, I think it's going to be quite good fun because this is one of those like when we did our Premier League 11s. Yeah, this is something that people just discuss, don't they? Just generally, they have I a, think so. They, they have a chat over a pint, whatever. Um, and it, and it goes down well. It'd be quite interesting if uh, when we kind of post our our five aside teams to see what people say. It'd be quite interesting. Yeah, I kind of because the way the way I actually thought it is quite unique because obviously most of the players will only see an eleven aside. But it's quite interesting to think in your mind about how they would adapt or who would be the best players in a five aside team because it may not necessarily be the same as eleven aside because you get more specialists in eleven aside. Whereas with a five aside team, you kind of need people that can do a bit of everything. Even the, the the defenders can maybe break forward, have a shot here or there. Attackers who can tackle as well, potentially. There's sort of a lot going into the pot, isn't there, with with, with thinking about it? Because I was thinking one goalkeeper, one defender, and two loosely midfield players, and then a, a striker. Yeah, that's the same for me. And I haven't actually put anyone in who is from my Premier League eleven. by the way. Okay. I haven't, yep. got, I haven't got anyone in. I've only got... Two current, uh, I've only got two current players, and only one of which is still in the Premier League. Yeah. Ah. Um, nice. So I've I've gone a I've I've completely mixed it up from my from my eleven aside team. Yeah, I really like it. I've got someone in there from not my Premier League all time team, but probably haven't mentioned him really, which is quite interesting. I don't think in any of our teams. So it'll be good to 
discussing. He might come up next week, actually, because I know we've got Tom McDermott coming on to talk Manchester United. Manchester United journalist and an England journalist is going to talk about his five United heroes. So one of my players might come up in that. But Tom, before we get into the, the five, give us your quiz question for the day. Well, to get into the quiz question, I'll just say for for Teddy and I, it was um, for for you and I, sorry, it was uh, horrifically sad news about Terry Venables because he's someone who um, gave us so much joy. If if, if we got into football in 1990, which Mm. was great, but we were very young, 92 didn't go so well, 94 we didn't qualify, 96 was magic. And it was that era where when I was 12, about to turn 13. Yep. Euro 96. And to me, Venables just could do no wrong. I was devastated when he he was leaving at the end of the tournament. I was devastated about it. I loved him. Um, and back then, we didn't know what a great tactician he was. We just knew that he was very, very good as England manager. Yeah. And- I t- yeah. I turned 15 during that summer. It was amazing. I remember like the Netherlands game, my, my friends came around and we were like, I guess between 14 and 16. And we got my nan, my parents were away with my brothers. And we got my nan to walk into town and she was carry a crate of beer down for us so we had a crate of beer like probably half a can each at 15 or whatever and just remember that magical day I just didn't believe that that England could play like that and Terry Venables just his energy there's that brilliant documentary I don't know if you've seen it Tom in terms of uh, a man can dream that Sky put together a couple of years ago I think around the 25th year anniversary and Mark McAdam who was with us on Sky Sports News on Sunday did a great documentary for Sky Sports News as well around Euro 96 but just yeah he was a he was a, a cabaret singer he he wrote a sitcom I think he wrote a book he had a board game it's just everything he did was just full of energy in life and I, yeah I found it we we get to unfortunately break a lot of sad news in terms of people passing but that was one of the toughest for me that I've experienced I think just because of that magical summer in particular yeah and you were on air for it in the first the first FA Cup final that I can remember and, and I remember the semi-final as well of course it was Terry Venables that was managed in 1991 yeah, Tottenham, when they beat Arsenal with Gaza's free kick in the semi-final and then beat Nottingham Forest in the final against Brian Clough, that that's an early memory of him as well. And it's massively. Um, and and yeah, and you, you think I mean he he went away to to live abroad and such like, which I think I'd probably quite like to do myself. Isn't it? <laughs> um, and it's, L-tel. yeah, managed yeah. Barcelona as well, which is just incredible in the eighties, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. As he and one of our colleagues pointed out, surely no one has ever gone from QPR manager to Barcelona manager. <laughs> you know, yeah, great, great, great memories of him. Sadly, I never met him myself. I don't know if you did, but I would have no. loved to. Would have loved, loved to. Yeah, I'd really like so to. My quiz, so my, my quiz question in in a, in kind of trying to link Terry Venables and the number five because we are doing our best ever five aside team, right? I've got. Who was England number five on the back of their shirt in the 1996 Euros, of course, managed by Terry Venables. So I've tried to link the two in that way. So who was England's number five at Euro 96? So if you don't, if you know the answer, don't shout out. No, I think I know. But yeah, I haven't really thought about that. That's interesting, the numbers like that. Yeah. Well, interestingly, I thought I knew and I looked it up and it wasn't who I thought it was. Really? Yeah, I'm not saying it's a shock or anything. But was it a start? Was it a starter it player? Was it starting? It was, yes. Yeah. Okay. It was. Brilliant. Um, well, look for yeah. Because like, <laughs> in the build-up to that tournament, going off topic here, on the, in the build-up to that tournament, Stan Collymore once he wore a number 
that wasn't the number it was supposed to be. I think he ended up wearing number 17 when it was supposed to be like, well, something else. I don't know what it was because he wanted to wear long sleeves. The number he <laughs> wanted was short sleeves. But it's not yeah. it's nothing to do with that. It's, it's not like a, it's not a red herring or anything like that. So number five in Euro 96 for England, who was it? Okay. Well, yeah, I look forward to discussing that at the end of the, the pod. First of all, though, Tom, who's in, should we go goalkeepers first? Who's in goal for your, your five-a-side team? Right. So let me uh, talk you through my reasoning for goalkeeper. I don't think a five-a-side goalkeeper needs to be a ball-playing goalkeeper. Ah, okay. I think he just needs to kind of fill the goal, make himself big and block everything because it's small goals, isn't it? Yeah. I just think you need to be a stopper. All you need to do then, roll it out to the nearest person. It's not you don't you don't need amazing accuracy when the pitch is so small. So I'm going to shock you by saying my five-a-side goalkeeper in my five-a-side dream team is Neville Southall. Ooh, I wondered if you're going to say that just because the sheer size and those massive hands. Yeah, well, if if you're bearing down on on Neville Southall in a full-sized goal, Neville Southall still was able to kind of make himself big and and block it can you imagine those small goals i think he'd be quite imposing so um i mean he was very good at coming out for crosses not that he'd need to do that but i think he would he would take up that box perfectly i think there'd be no angles to get past him so i'm i've thought outside the box with this one and i've gone neville southall in goal yeah, I, really, I like it. It's interesting because we've gone completely different angles, which is why it's nice not doing too much of a brief before, because my thought was that maybe you could get away with a keeper who wasn't that big in in five-a-side. And I don't know whether I don't know what rules we're playing. I'm guessing we're playing the rules in five-a-side that the goalkeeper can't go outside the goalkeeper area and things like that, and the players can't go into it. Is that what you're thinking, like the shooting area? That's what I'm thinking. And crucially, later in the team, um, you can't go overhead height either. Yeah. Okay, so doesn't, there's no point having a big man in the team in terms of uh, winning headers. Yeah, that's yeah, that's interesting. I think I, st- I will stick with my mind, but it's gone someone who's not definitely defined by his height because he didn't have much. We talked about him already in terms of uh, being a goal-scoring goalkeeper who played outfield as well, and it is the one and only Jorge Campos. Start with Mexicans goalkeeper, probably not the most intimidating keeper for the opposition to see. They rock up on a a dark November night in the UK, be playing five a side at goals or wherever you might be doing it, but. Beautiful skills. And I think, you know, I know you said it's simply rolling it out, but I think he would be able to ping a pass as well, did play outfield, could shoot. And I, I wondered about whether we'd have substitutes, but we didn't have substitutes. If someone got injured in the outfield, Campos, you know, they could go in goal, which is the classic one, isn't it? When you roll your ankle or something, you end up going in goal for the rest of the game and someone else comes outfield. So maybe Campos could could come out and do a job floating around in in midfield or defence or even up front. So that was, that was my thinking, get Jorge Campos in there and obviously need a, a very good kit to to accommodate him and to make the most of him. Yeah, I like the logic behind the um if an outfield player got injured. Yeah, I like I like because because he did used to play half the season outfield. So yeah, I do I do like that one. Yeah, Campos makes a lot of sense in uh at a uh what's the word? Um well I was thinking of trying to think of a, a better word, but it's, it's it's a sensible option, I'd say. <laughs> so, I don't think Campos has been dis- described as pragmatic. sensible before. I meant pragmatic. 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 Yeah. Even then, though, I think he's uh, he's definitely flam- flamboyant. I did think about Jordan Pickford, by the way, just smashing that left foot. Imagine fizzing the ball around the the, the, the five side team as well, potentially. And you know, I don't know if we I don't know if we'd allow our goalkeepers to score. What the rules would be on that? But I guess they could if they if they if they pinged it from yeah. Uh, I, I from the think floor. yeah. I think as long as you're in the box, a goalkeeper can still score, can't they? Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. From yeah. their own area. Yeah. yeah, unless it's uh, out of the hands or anything. So who's your so one defender you're going for? If you got an all round so, defender? So I've got an out and out defender and I've got uh, not that anyone is an out and out defender in five aside, but I've got a defender. Then I've got a kind of hybrid midfield defender kind of all over the place. Yeah. Um, and I've got a kind of a, a far more attacking midfielder and, a, and an out and out striker. So my defender, and now I'm working on the basis with my whole team that I don't need height because you can't go overhead height. Yeah. Um, I'm working on the basis of uh, fast as in off the mark. There's no good being fast over 100 metres on a five-a-side pitch, but quick off the mark, good feet, good in the tackle, difficult to get past. And I've gone Roberto Carlos. Oh, I like it. Can you, yeah. can you imagine if there's seconds left on the clock and he just launches it? Yeah, yeah, just smashes you know, it down the pitch. He's, yeah. he, he's a real goal threat as well. So um, Roberto Carlos, for me, I don't think I need any height in my team. He had rapid acceleration as well, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. And that's what, that's what I mean. Quick off the mark. That that can be helpful in in five aside. So I've got Roberto Carlos. And a little bit of balance. You got left foot. You got a right foot goalkeeper. Are you thinking like how many left footers? How many right footers you have in the the five? Or does it not well, matter? Well, I've got I've only got one out and out left footer, but my two more forward thinking players are good with both feet. Good, good. Well, I've gone similar to you in a sense, but a bigger a bigger man. But it was predominantly left back, but played centre half as well. And it's Paolo Cesare Maldini. As, as my defender back there, because he scored a few goals. Um, unbelievable. 647 league appearances for AC Milan. 17 goals in the league in that time, uh, but played for Milan. I think he made his debut as a 17-year-old in 85, played till 2009. I think he was 41. So he was a, a remarkable career, very wise, very intelligent, quick, left-footed, but I think he could actually probably bucks the trend of players you've talked about, maybe use his right foot a little bit. Um, so for balance, I've got... Goalkeeper, obviously, I think Campos right-footed. So I've got two left-footers and two right-footers in the outfield. But Maldini, I think, is probably as good as you get to an all-round defender who could then help help you attack. Yeah, we've gone quite rogue on goalkeepers, but we've gone Rolls-Royce in the <laughs> defence. Roberto Carlos for me and um, and Maldini for you. Yeah, can't argue against Maldini. He could, he could do a job, but no matter how big the pitch, I don't think anybody can have a problem with Maldini. Tom, have you got the, your volume switch on your mic? Can you turn it up slightly if it isn't up? But don't worry if not. It'd be uh, it's all good. I can I can hear you loud and clear. But I just just thinking about now. Is that any better? Yeah, a little bit better. Yeah, that's all. That's all good. That's all good. But yeah, well, Maldini's I've got, both, I thought, I've got the both of them fully up. Brilliant. Well, I thought actually Maldini might be um, quite good for the uh, publicity shots as well. Very good looking uh, Italian man would would help that. So you know, help help get the fans on board. Commercial side as well. Yeah, well, I've I've got Neville Southall for that. <laughs> yes, you have. So who's so have you got a midfield anchor or you've got two all-round midfielders? Who have you gone for? Right, so this midfielder that I've got is, I mean, well, his Wikipedia page says 70% of the world is covered by water. The other 30% is covered by... Angolo Kante. And Golo Kante, because he will get round the pitch. He'll not tire, because five-a-side can be tiring. You never stop. Mm, he can do it, no problem. We know he can make the tackles. He, he doesn't need to be able to thread through a perfect pass, because he can. He can. The, the movement of the rest of my players will be so good that they'll always be available. So he can defend. He can still drive forward, but then lay it off to my two more forward-thinking players. Um, 
So with with Kante there, who will definitely help Roberto Carlos at the back, um, he's just not going to give any of your players a minute's peace. No, brilliant speed as well, hasn't he? That's the thing, that bit quick acceleration over a short period of time. So you can imagine him in a five-a-side, if he does get forward, that he could recover quickly and, and help out Carlos in the back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. Um, and when you've got a box-to-box midfielder who plays it so well on a full-size pitch, imagine how effective he'd be yeah. on a five-a-side pitch. So K- Kante was actually the first person, he was the first name on my team sheet. That's that's really interesting. Low centre of gravity as well. Like you said, you've got what Carlos five six can say about five six. It's kind of short, sharp, quick bursts. You can see the the style you're going for there. Yeah, it'll be a surprise. My my tallest outfield. I mean, Neville Southall wasn't that tall for a goalkeeper, was he? I, I don't think that's six two, six one, six two. Not massive. Oh, but yeah. Okay. yeah, fair enough. Um, my tallest outfield player isn't particularly tall, so that's going to surprise you as well because my. Other outfield player that I've not mentioned yet is tiny as well. So you could be taller than you could be coaching this team, Tom. You could be the tallest, tallest man there. Well, that's why I've done it. <laughs> I love it. I'm definitely not the tallest man in my team. But uh, next player for me, I love I love Angolo Kante, but I'm going to go with uh, obviously Roy Keane. We talked about the Premier League eleven, and I said he Keane edged this man out. But I'm going to go with Rodri for my uh, midfield anchor because he's great at mopping things up. I think. You know, Man City lost those th- three games in a row when he was suspended this this season, and and that's the only defeats they've had. I think remarkable importance to such a good team scored in the Champions League final, and for me, Rodri uh, also a bit of a, a linguist in there, so he could help Campos and speak to the English player in the team because he can speak Spanish and English, and very intelligent guy. So I think to run a a five a side team would be would be good. So so Rodri is my man there. Yeah, I, could, this, I, I see similarities between Rodri and Kante. It's just Rodri looks a bit more polished when he plays. Do you know what I mean? Kante mm. looks like a little bit more as though he's panicked running after the ball all the time. But I think that's just desire. It's certainly not a, not a, um, yeah. not a criticism of him in, in any way. Because if I was going to pick one player, I'd probably pick Kante. Well, I have picked Kante. But even in 11 side, I'd pick Kante over Rodri still. Um, mm. Despite how good Rodri is. But I can see your reasons for put, for putting him in because um, I do see the similarities between the two. Yeah, he can be more composed. I think, like, say, over five yards, no one's as rapid. He's got that real scuttling uh, style, isn't he, N'Golo Kante, and low centre of gravity for five aside, twisting and turning. So that's pretty good. I'd love to see these two teams play each other. So so now the next two players, is it another midfielder and then a striker, or, or how have you done this? Yeah, I mean, my, my more attacking midfielder is main. Mainly plays out wide, but obviously not on a on a five side. And the reason I've chosen this man is for his quick feet, very quick step overs, um, and if he gets the ball towards the goal, he'll be able to either find the striker or find the corner of the net himself. Um, and I've gone for Jack Grealish. Wow, that's nice. I like yeah. it. Yeah, classic yeah, five side player. I just well, he is, isn't he? Like that is exactly the type of player who, if people were to criticise him, which would be ridiculous, probably some of the criticism would be, oh, he's a five-a-side player. But mm. he's obviously not. But <laughs> he he makes it into my team. So I'm kind of contradicting myself. But I think his, his first touch is brilliant, which you need. He wouldn't lose the ball. He's deceptively strong. And I, th- I think his composure would be quite important because Roberto Carlos and um, N'Golo Kante aren't necessarily as composed, whereas Jack Grealish is. 
Yeah, if you're winning the game as well, you get it to him in a five-a-side team. You can really hold it. And like I say, he's got that strength, all the drag backs, the skills, the little kind of body feints. And I suppose people might say, yeah, in terms of 11-a-side, particularly at the moment, City maybe doesn't have the pace of Doku, and, and that's an alternative for, for Man City. But actually, that ability to hold the ball and draw fouls, drag people in. And on a, on a five-a-side pitch, that can be key in, in terms of liberating other players as well to find space. So you've gone with Grealish. I have gone for Lionel Andres Messi as my sort of uh, number 10 midfielder striker hybrid. More, more like the Messi when he came through, because at the moment, I think he's a little bit of a, albeit at 36, 37, a little bit of a luxury at, at, for his club into Miami and a great luxury to have for Argentina. But I think you'd need him to do a bit more running. So I think in like Messi, probably like 2009, something like that would be. But the one I'm picturing in my mind, but just brilliant dribbling, was great at pressing that quick acceleration. Again, a small player um, over a short short period of time. So I think great five aside, five aside player. This is the one that when I when we put this out on X, I won't have a chance to kind of explain the fact that I've <laughs> uh, that, that I've gone for Grealish over Lionel Messi, and I, and this is the one where I might get a little bit of stick, and I won't be able to even stick up for myself. <laughs> the fact yeah. that. Uh, that I haven't put Lionel Messi in my all-time five-a-side. But the reason is, I knew that you were going to have him, and I was really trying to not have the same any of the same five-a-side. So I just thought, I'm going to give him Messi. That's, I love that's it. why. He's, and I was talking, well, I was talking... Mean, he's perfect, isn't he? I mean, yeah. He's, not, he's, he's, he's one of those annoying ones who's just going to run the whole pitch. You don't even need anyone else. No, that's true on a five-a-side pitch. You could just do it, dribble past everyone and score. But I did think about Maradona as well. But I think generationally, because we're sort of revolving this around 1990, I think Maradona's obviously most glorious moments came before 1990. And Messi's obviously been the entire, you know, breadth of of our, of our career, working career, watching him play. And he's been been amazing in, in that sense. Uh, but yeah, it's hard hard to to avoid him. I'd have Maradona as his understudy, by the way. And if I was going to have a defender as substitute, I'd have a Rio Ferdinand. I don't know if we were going to do that, but that was my my idea. We did have rolling subs as part of this. Mar- Maradona coming on for Messi would be pretty frightening if you were <laughs> the other team. Yeah, yeah, that's that'd be quite a strong bench. Yeah. <laughs> so Tom, this is a this is, how did first of all give you thinking about the striker? How did you approach this? Was it goal stats? Was it style, dribbling, size? aggression everything everything because this man had everything and i love him so first of all you've got to be able to finish obviously because it's small goals and you've got a very good goalkeeper um you need to be able to be able to finish quickly you you don't have a lot of time on the ball it's like get the ball out from your feet shoot and be able to use both feet and um and it's just that kind of quick thinking that you need in five a side and there's no one better than Jermaine Defoe. So Whoa, big shot. Jermaine, Jermaine Defoe is my uh, five. I remember speaking to um, Steve Howie, former England defender, was at the in the U96 squad, actually, with Terry Venables. And he was talking about playing against Jermaine Defoe. And he said, you had him. You were, like, marking him. And you you, you thought you had him. Then yeah. he's suddenly looking around going, where's he gone? It's like he's gone through your legs and he's in. Yeah. That's how kind of quick thinking he was and how quick his feet were. And on a five-a-side pitch. Because if you think of, of how dangerous Jermaine Defoe was in a penalty box, I mean, Hold same it. thing in yeah. same yeah. thing in a five-a-side. So I've gone I've gone Jermaine Defoe. And again, no height in my team, don't need it. No, his ability to shift and shoot 
in one motion was incredible. Actually, I remember seeing him at White Hart Lane. Probably mentioned this before on the podcast, but I've never seen a player who could just shoot out of nowhere and had so many shots per game. But actually, in a five aside, that's exactly what you need, isn't it? Because a, you're close to goal, but b, in a way, you want to occupy the other team and and get rebounds, all that kind of stuff. So any hard, fast shots, which you could do, as you say, with his right foot and left foot, would be beneficial because you'd then have. Jack Grealish and the rest of the team following up. But that's interesting because I thought, and probably because you didn't want to mention him again, I thought you might have Romario up front for you. No, I went to Foe. I was, I was always going to have Defoe. You know, yeah. if, it, <laughs> if, I didn't have, if, if I didn't have Defoe, I would have definitely had Pickford in there. So, um, what up front? Well, no, but I mean, you know, <laughs> I've got to have, have one Sunderland connection in there. Yeah. Other, other than someone who scored loads of past us. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd back my, I'd back my Defoe one. And I think, um, Defoe was good with both feet. Naturally, Grealish is good with both feet too. Yeah, and that and they're the two. But it doesn't matter so much my more defensive players, but my attacking players need to be able to use both feet, and they can. Yeah, no, you could have Carlos in a way can take a drop in, and Carlos could boom down that left side to provide you a bit of balance if you needed it to to whip in some left exactly. shots. Exactly. And if and if Roberto Carlos launches it, he's if Campos tries to save it, <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna put Campos through the net with the ball. You might do poor old. I have to get Campos on the weights or something like that. Yeah. Heavy protein diet like you're on, try and build up some muscle. Might have to put him out in like cricket pads and the chess garden stuff. <laughs> I like the hockey, almost like a hockey goalkeeper. Yeah, the helmet. Yeah, probably probably will need it. Poor old uh, Jorge Campos in my goal against uh, against Carlos. My striker though, uh, you mentioned your club, Sunderland, Manchester United player, Manchester United's record goal scorer, was England record goal scorer. I think Wayne Rooney would be a fantastic five-a-side player. Again, I think he can use both feet. He's aggressive. He can tackle. He's strong. Again, not a giant of a man height-wise, but very rugged and pacey, particularly in his, his early years, over five yards, 10 yards. Fantastic power shot again, which I think is important in five-a-side in a way, looking at those rebounds, looking to a score, but then for it to come back out and get more, more opportunities on goal. And I can just imagine him, yeah, being a kind of proper tenacious striker in a five-a-side team. And, and he could, if Messi is wandering around, get back and help defend as he did for United in his early days as well, playing on the wing. So I think he could be very useful in both, both aspects of the game. Yeah, it's the whole street soccer type yeah. player that Wayne Rooney can do there. And his his aggression helps in a bit of five-a-side, isn't it? You need that, you need that player who's going to who's going to scare the opposition. And let's be honest, you, you can be a little bit dirtier yeah. five-a-side because they're never very good referees. <laughs> they're, they're never very good. You can intimidate them, actually. And Wayne Rooney would do exactly that. So, yeah, that that's he's a perfect one for five-a-side as well. And have Romario in my, as a sub. It's interesting we've not mentioned in any of our conversations yet Cristiano Ronaldo, have we, given his epic career? It's, it's strange how that how that goes because people think what a player again a two-footed player and great dribbler yeah I mean I, I wasn't planning to have him in mine anyway but he's <clears> another <throat> one that I thought would be in yours so yeah. I didn't um I didn't add, add him but if you th- there's I mean the thing is when, when we when we tweet these out everybody will only mention why haven't you got him why haven't you got him why haven't you got him and it's like well like <laughs> we've, five. Only, we've, we've only got five spaces yeah, yeah interesting it's interesting to think, actually, um, that a lot of people for a certain generation would have Paul Gascoigne in any five-a-side team as well, I imagine, for the dribbling the dribbling skills. And probably the social side afterwards as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Gascoigne, we haven't mentioned. Bale, we haven't mentioned. Lewandowski. Yes. Um, like all, all sorts of players who haven't who haven't made it in. Yeah, but, people would uh, say George, George Best, probably other people from a vintage would say that that would be a 
the an unreal player to have in your five. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so some of the, some of the older listeners will uh, would have would have him and Sir Bobby Charlton in there as well, perhaps, and mm. and, and others. And others. Jimmy like Greaves Kevin... was supposed to be a great dribbler, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. Ke- well, Ke- Kevin Keegan, yeah. um, plenty of others, uh, and Bob Beckenbauer at the back. Yes. Yeah, of course. Yeah, be able to. we played midfield and defence, didn't you? I think Beckenbauer. So he could be brilliant in terms of um, doing that for for a five side team. But as we say, it was nineteen ninety onwards for us. Beckenbauer was a manager when we were getting into football, so it's a different West Germany. Yeah, yeah West Germany it wasn't even just Germany. West Germany it was. I know, there. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, terrifying, uh, terrifying night in Turin. All good overall, though. I suppose, even though England lost. So Tom, uh, give us just run through the team quickly again. Give it the five. So in goal, I've got Neville Southall. At the back, I've got Roberto Carlos, and then I've got Ngolo Kante, Jack Grealish, and Jermaine Defoe. Brilliant. I've got Campos. Five-a-side team. Five-a-side team. I've got Campos in the floral jersey, Maldini, Rodri, Messi, and Rooney. Who do you think would win? But my team, obviously. Kante would stifle Messi. You think? Yeah, well, that would be a challenge. And, and you take Messi out of the game and I win. No, I like it. So Rodri, obviously, I can't see anybody getting past Neville Southall. Yeah. So Maldini against the foe. It's an interesting battle, battle that potentially as well. Rodri would yep. be up against his Man City teammate Jack Grealish. That's an interesting kind of subplot. Yeah, Defoe just shifts it to his left, so it's on Mancini's right, and actually <laughs> launches it past Campos. <laughs> I like it. And Rooney, Rooney, against, give, Rooney, Rooney against would Carlos. Get, wow. No, Rooney would get. Rooney would get sent off. Yeah. So. Right now, I'm actually winning this quite comfortably. I can imagine Rooney and Carlos both getting sent off, actually, in that game they played each other. That would be a good, that would be a really good battle, right against left as well. Uh, lovely stuff. So give us a quiz question again, Tom. So quiz question was, so talking about five aside, who was the number five? And having talked about Terry Venables, who was number five in Terry Venables' Euro 96 England squad? So you first, you immediately think centre-half, don't you? With a number five. But was Adams wearing four? I'm not giving no. no. Well, actually, no. Number eight, um, number four. I'm almost certain was Paul Ince. Paul Ince, because I think Ince and Gascoigne were in centre mid with four yeah. and eight. Yeah, and then Jamie Redknapp came in in the Scotland game in midfield. Southgate was wearing six. I'm pretty sure when he missed the penalty. Correct. Ah, so who would it? Stuart Pearce left back, Gary Neville right back. Can't have been wearing five either of those. Ince was wearing four. Gascoigne must be wearing eight. He was eight, definitely. Yeah. Sheringham would have been ten, Shearer nine. McManaman? Uh, well, Platt, was num- Platt was number seven. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get all not the Darren, numbers. Is it, not Darren, is it Darren Anderson? Is that is that your final guess? I'll go with Darren Anderson because I don't think it's Tony Adams, but it might be Tony Adams as well. The answer was, and remember when I said that my first instinct was Gareth Southgate, but I said my first instinct was wrong. Yeah. Gareth Southgate was number six. Number five was Tony Adams. Tony Adams, it was. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I thought it was a trick. I thought it was going to be a trick question. I wonder what no. I wonder what Anderton was wearing. I'm gonna. I'm actually going to get the squad numbers up right now for all of them because I only took note of. Um, yeah. Tony Adams. Here we go. So, 
Oh, hang on. So David Seaman was number one. This yeah. is in, in kind of position order, by the way. Number 13 was Tim Flowers. Okay. Number 22 was Ian Walker, and I believe there's only 22 in the squad. Uh, yeah. Number five was Tony Adams, as mentioned. Number six was Gareth Southgate, as mentioned. Number 12 was Steve Howie. Whoa. Uh, yeah. Sol Campbell was number 16. Uh, you would have guessed Stuart Pierce as number three and Gary Neville as number two. Yeah. Phil Neville was 19. Paul Ince was indeed number four. Jamie Redknapp was 15. 15. Okay. Now, his favourite number was 11, but Darren Anderton had 11. Ah. I knew that Stephen McManaman was 17. Yeah. Right. Can you get, if you get number 20 and number 14, I will be, <laughs> I'll, tell you what, I'll, I'll leave those to last because Platt, as I mentioned, was seven. Gascoigne, yeah. as we mentioned, was eight. Shearer and Sheringham, nine and ten. Les Ferdinand was 18. Robbie Fowler was 21. So we're missing two players there. One was number 14. One was number 20. Was I 20? If was, it needs to be. Was 20 Steve Stone? Well done. Yeah, because I was the only one that I've not heard his name. and I knew he was in the squad. Well, there is one more name that you uh, haven't got. 14. And is this 14. a fullback or midfielder? No, fullbacks, fullbacks with the two Nevilles. Yeah. Um, Stuart Pierce, and oh, good point. I think he he maybe went with one fullback less. Yeah, because I was thinking about Rob Jones from Liverpool, whether he would have been in the mix at that time. But no, so it looks like he only had. I think he only had three fullbacks because he knew that Phil Neville could play both sides, maybe. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, left back and right back <laughs> and defensive midfield late, later on as well. Ah, so who would this be? So this, what position is this player? Striker? Well, this player was was actually picked as a left winger. I think he'd be better known. For England, he did play on both wings in fairness, but I think you'd be better known know him as a number 10 second striker. But not for England. Number 10 second striker. Normally, not... but... But Not he Stan Collymore. But no, he didn't make it in the end. The strikers were Fowler, Ferdinand, yeah. Shearer and Sheringham. Yeah, Beckham Remember, never made... take 22. We could only take yeah. 22 players back then. Yeah, Beckham didn't make the team, even though he won the double with, with Manchester United that year. Beckham I wasn't thought... even in the initial squad. No. Like the, the, the bigger squad. Yeah, it's incredible, wasn't it? At the time, I mean, that was a bit, a bit of a talking point. Because he had a really good season setting up Cantona in particular, a lot of goals in that 95-96 season. So it's a number 10, not Peter so, Beersley. Beersley's not involved in the squad at this stage. No, Beersley was in the initial big squad. Was it Nick uh, Barnby? That's the one. Well done. I was, oh, wow. I, was about, I was about to give you a clue of played for Everton and Liverpool, which would have also yeah. counted as, as um, Peter Beersley. It was Nick Barnby. Correct. How weird so they he, played him as a left winger. You wouldn't think 14. of that. Yeah. Yeah. But we, we, we struggled for left footed wingers for a long time for England. Would you like to know who missed out from the initial squad? Yeah. So he only picked three goalkeepers. So they, so that was the three. They, they didn't, there was no one missed out from there. Three centre backs missed out. Yeah. One of them was Neil Ruddock. Gary Pallister. Oh, he wasn't even uh, in there. No, I can't see his name here. He wasn't in the initial squad, which is a surprise, isn't it? It's amazing. Oh, sorry, he did. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Four centre-backs missed out. So Gary okay. Callister was one. 
He obviously was keen to play three at the back at all times. Uh, Mark Wright, who scored in that in the 1990 against Egypt. Yep. I said Neil Ruddock, didn't I? Yes. And obviously, sad story, Ugo Ekiog. Yes, yeah. U- Ugo Ekiog, who passed away a few years ago, missed out from the initial squad. Good filler. filler uh, an obvious left-back did miss out. He was 26 at the time. He play, He made 36. Well, Julian Dick? No, he made, he made yeah. 36 appearances and scored one goal. That goal was an absolute belter against Brazil in a friendly. Oh, my mind's just gone blank for that. <laughs> I should know who that... Former Chelsea left-back. Chelsea left-back. Why has that gone out of my mind? Sounds more French than English. Although his oh, first Lassau. Name, Graham Lasso. Graham Lasso missed out. Dennis Wise missed out. Rob Lee missed out. John Barnes missed out. Whoa. Uh, Matt Letissier missed out, as did Jason Wilcox, Peter Beardsley, and that's it. What a squad. Yeah. Quite interesting, that, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose Barnes was more of a central midfielder by that time. Maybe he was up against people like Gascoigne and, and Ince and Redknapp in that squad. Gas, yeah, yeah, and Platt. Yes, of course. Yeah. The, these days, when you can have more players in the squad, you tend to pick an extra midfielder, especially now that really you don't need four strikers anymore because you don't tend to play with two. Yeah. Um, you get more midfielders in there. Those days, you only picked four because you only played with two. Brilliant. Yeah, no, it's interesting, isn't it, how it's changed? It's definitely evolved. Bring back the. We haven't. I mean, England couldn't even probably get four strikers. It'd be a challenge now. The Ollie Watkins is looking great. Yeah, Watkins is looking great. Calvert Lewin's fit again, at least. Uh, Callum Wilson uh, is good, but injury prone. And obviously, there's Kane, Tammy uh, Abraham in in Italy. Yeah, yeah, but he's out for a long time. He's got a bad injury. He's out till the new year, I think. Maybe, um, maybe even longer. Um, we're missing someone really obvious there, but that's just slipped my mind. But yeah, uh, Ivan Tony as well potentially. Oh, Ivan! Yeah, I love Ivan Tony. I think he's brilliant. Yeah, when he's back, back in January. Tom, brilliant to talk. We will catch up next week and you'll be loving it talking to another Tom about all things Manchester United. Tom McDermott. Yeah, Man- Manchester United special next week. That'll get the listeners in. It's quite, it's quite interesting that though, isn't it? Because it'd be, I guess everyone has an opinion on it as well because from our era, a lot of people would have been familiar with Manchester United teams winning the league. So in a way, I guess people do have an opinion on the best five United players. Yeah, well, I'll be coming up with my five as well. Don't worry about that. You'll do five. I love it. Nice. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so we've got Bardsley, Wes Brown, Kieran Richardson, yeah, John, John O'Shea, John O'Shea <laughs> um, uh, Danny Welbeck. Yes, of course. Um, uh, Darren Gibson. The connection's uh, strong. Liam, yeah, Liam Miller. Oh, yes. We can have Roy, Roy Keane as manager. Uh, Dwight York and Andy Cole. For, yeah. Wow. What a team. And you know what? Sunderland, Sunderland I'm, I'm going to see if I can get a full 11 of, I like uh, it. of players who've played for both. Good man. Speak to you next week. Look forward to it.